0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 184, Episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Hey Allergies. Uh, That is Mm. courtesy of Rat Bohemian. Very short, sweet, appropriate to the time of year. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray!
1: Give me one second to go to CPK real quick.
0: <laughs> Can't stop
1: addicted pizza so big. Cold pop, watch pizza down Oops. with us, wig. Choose not a pie of imitation. Only one kid can guess my heart a racing. White cheese is screaming in the oven. Then hits your mouth all of a sudden. Go ask your server for some napkins, face all covered. Like, what the hell happened? The place
0: I love with pizza hot and CPK, my babe Woo! won't
1: stop. They got a pizza and it's all for you. Okay, so the, the the things didn't line up quite where I was at, but you got the idea, <laughs> yeah. okay? Because hey, it's the beautiful. place I love, the pizza hot CPK, my babe won't stop. And you know what? The RHCPK. It's apparently it's a movement uh, because yeah. Christy Maguchi man, you came through with that one. And I love to see the never ending deluge. And again, I I encourage the listeners just because someone touched our RHCP song doesn't mean you can't iterate too because this thing is malleable as gold
0: baby it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. also uh wanted to give a shout out to rap bohemian i wanted to honor the fact that the hay allergies is a gin blossom which is a nose based band name so it's also appropriate for that reason sorry i'm trying to overcompensate for uh, not having an (laughs) an rhcpk one uh ready to go We'll, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Yeah. But I mean, we're going to have to talk about this when we're done recording. Yeah. <laughs> making us look Miles, stupid right now. I'm sorry, Miles. <laughs> Let me out there uh, hanging in the trenches <laughs> by myself. We're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant, the talented, the hilarious Jordan
2: Moray! Hey! Hey! hey. 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 Hi, everybody. Great to be here. Great to Thanks be here. Coming. It's great to have yeah. you. you know? I, yeah. Uh, I mean, while we're on the topic of Mm-hmm. R H C P K. Sure. Yeah. I had a little something I just wanted to add to the discourse. I just oh. want to be part of the conversation. <laughs> I'd love to have you. And you know, and I think I think you guys you guys know this better than anyone. This bit has great legs. I think it's gonna stay <laughs> it's gonna stay fresh long long into twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah. Well, at
2: least. But I just wanted to kind of throw <laughs> this out there. In in case you know, in <laughs> case you ever felt like you wanted to, you know, pivot a little bit or Uh go in another direction. Something I was thinking of, have you ever considered, you know, maybe the next phase of this is red hot chilies peppers. Red hot chilies peppers. Just take take RHCP, you put in a new chain restaurant, it fits Mm -hmm. right in there. And again, I'm not as I'm not the expert in this that you guys are, but just to start you off with where red hot chilies peppers could go. Can't stop addicted to the blossom. This appetizer is <laughs> really awesome. <laughs> and I don't have anything else. Woo! I don't have maybe the margs, the the, the ribs, baby back right. ribs. Uh but Baby to
0: back, baby to back, baby to baby, back now. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure
2: it uh anyway. Just baby to back ribs. My gift Ooh. to you. Wow a, Take it and run if you want.
0: <laughs> Red hot chilies, peppers. Uh yeah, wow. we're actually I mean, we have been contacted by a few uh music kind of representation, you know, record companies and agents about just being a all chain restaurant themed R H C P <laughs> cover band. So, you know, we're 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 weighing our options, but this is uh yeah, it's it's definitely happening. Big shout out to all the fans we'll soon forget about once we're huge uh, arena touring musicians.
1: Can I just say this, aside from this contribution to the RHCP discourse, uh, and as we further that along, I just want to mention that something very serendipitous happened because, Jordan, I didn't realize you were going to be on the show till like er, like later last night when I was sort of looking through the doc. And I was just so happening. <laughs> to be watching Bar Rescue when you were yes. on it? <laughs> what? Episode of What? So there's an episode of Bar Rescue where these motherfuckers think their bar is haunted. Yep. Okay? Oh, of And Jordan pops up with, uh, who is it? Who's the other dude? Uh, Matt, Matt Mira. Myra. Matt Myra, uh, yeah, right. Comedy
2: writer and podcaster Matt Myra.
1: So... Y'all show up and then i was like oh my god and then uh, i see you then i looked on the dock i was like oh my god this was all meant to be the energy was swirling i just want to ask about that bar do you think that bar was actually haunted that john taffer tried to rescue
2: <laughs> so uh yeah so i, I should say i did uh, you know if you if you're familiar with bar rescue they have the recon portion where right. you know some some of john taffer Chaff, taffers close personal friends
1: mm-hmm with which you included, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> Goes to the bar and like kind of gives him the lowdown on like what's really going on in this place. <laughs> right. And I'll I Wait, so not... do you go undercover? I actually don't know the show. Do you
0: go undercover like as a customer mm. or you just go and do reconnaissance and they know you are uh, part of the team?
2: Yeah, no, I think the idea is that you are just a norm. I mean, obviously the bar is set up to shoot in. So there's lights, right. there's cameras, that part of it is, you know, and like everybody in the bar has to sign some sort of release so they kind of know that something sh- shooting going yeah. on. Uh but no, I mean I think we, you know, the the people at the bar were serving people just kind of like normal. And so, oh. you know, me and me and Matt just kind of like ordered drinks like we were we were there to 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 soak up the ghosts. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> and ghosts or no ghosts? What are you doing?
2: I don't think I don't think there are ghosts period. <laughs> I right. don't think there are go- any ghosts at all anywhere. And I don't <laughs> think uh, no, I don't think this place was was haunted. <laughs> were the, it smelled bad. <laughs> right. I don't know if that... It's... Cause, okay, my other question is, do you think they
1: were lying or did they were the bar... Because the people, when they were shooting in the bar, the staff there was like, the owner like vanished because he was so shook by the ghosts and right. like, bought all this equipment to try and communicate with ghosts. <laughs> and I was like, is are they lying to get on Bar Rescue or were they really thinking their shit was haunted?
2: I mean, people do take ghost stuff seriously, yeah, you know? Yeah. Right. But I'm
1: saying, but you to you they seem like true believers. Yeah,
2: I didn't I didn't doubt their sincerity. I I okay. I, I I would believe that that they would actually be concerned about a haunting. Yes, I w-
0: I will give them right. that. So, I take yeah. the placebo effect approach to ghosts. Like it is definitely real to them, to yeah. the effect that sure. it might as well be real. Like they're seeing and hearing whatever uh, they claim to be seeing and hearing. It's not like they're just making it up as a goof. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just that the unconscious is vast and uh, very powerful. But it was a real thrill. I was about to I'm, tell one of his ghost stories right now. <laughs> and that brings me to... Uh, wait, was there, was part of the thing they needed to be rescued from? where they like, yo, we can't make money. <laughs> There's like ghosts who keep drinking. Yeah, them. That they ha- <laughs> as part of the episode that I
2: was not there for was like, right. they did like a cleansing. They had like a <laughs> cleanser come and do a this yes. house is clean
1: i believe the episode is called john ain't afraid of no ghost too <laughs> 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 yeah if i recall correctly yes
0: i mean my miles do you think that's why like we we've been having trouble with the uh apple charts we're we're not uh charting the way we want to be do you think there might be a ghost
2: we you think our ghost podcast in the charts, might be man. haunted? Wow, uh, yeah, that's what I don't know, man. You think that's why Joe Rogan is so huge? Is he paid yeah. a bunch of ghosts? Yeah. A ton of ghosts I mean, to mean, That to studio's built that on a shit. graveyard, man.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, Jordan, we're going to
0: get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about the U.S. media coverage of the Israel Palestine conflict and just how. I'm seeing echoes of like sort of what we lived through in 2020 and the media bias that we see here in these United States. We'll talk about Liz Cheney finally being canceled. This is the uh, Elon (laughs) Musk, the Elon Musk hosting SNL of politics because this story has like I thought this had happened a dozen times before it actually officially now has happened. Uh they've been talking about it for weeks. And mm-hmm. finally here we are. They officially threw her under the bus. I want to get to Greg Kelly's pants today. Uh we've had it on the dock okay. for a little while, but I, I do want to talk about speak them. it into
1: existence, Jack. Yes. You want to get into Greg Kelly's pants today. Thank you, sir.
0: <laughs> into it's one of his many, many time. pockets. Yes. Uh we'll talk about that Prego hack. Did you guys see the Prego hack? Yeah. Wait, I'm talking Prego. about pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I looked up how does baby, uh, come how does from, baby make, how does baby make, no, no, this is a, a hack for how to make spaghetti with meatballs that, um, there's a hack. I, it seems like it's a badly acted bit, but I, I don't know. There are All right, these, I'll, I'll, these I'll, I will, cooking I will hacks preserve my response to, yes, yes.
1: For when we get to that story
0: we will talk about the Summer of Flavor that we have coming to us, courtesy of Lay's. Uh, all of that <laughs> plenty more, but first, Jordan, we'd like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Okay,
2: yeah, so this, this needs a little bit of setup. I'll ask you guys, how familiar are you with Sonic the Hedgehog fan art?
1: Oh, fan art? Yeah, mm. like
2: the fan art community around the video game character Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: I mean, I'm familiar enough with the franchise where when I've encountered fan art, it kind of makes sense. But I don't know if I could call out specific pieces of fan art or maybe I right. could if I saw Because I don't know. we see, I, I see so much Internet all the time that yes. I'm, I'd say 50 percent chance I know what we're talking about.
2: OK, yeah. I mean, I would say that there's I'm a, a collector, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over, <laughs> over leveraged on sonic fan art <laughs>
2: NFTs. you have a lot of nfts yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so okay so yes sonic the Hedgehog fan art it has a robust community and and you know like there's the the typical kind of like fan art genres that you might expect you know like uh you know sonic as avatar the last airbender and hmm, you know right. and but then of course you get into the you get into the erotic sonic with the you know, huge veiny crank giving it to Luigi. <laughs> Things like oh, give it to Luigi. Go on, yeah. So you okay. know what what you would expect, but mm-hmm. I'm then, intrigued. So, uh, and the the but the genres get even more specific. There is a a robust and thriving community of Christian Sonic fan art people. So it's like Sonic weeping at the foot of the cross. Oh my god! Yep uh you know sonic reading bible verses but they'll awkwardly insert other sonic the ca- sonic characters so it'll be like no one comes to the father but through me knuckles <laughs> <laughs> so so that exists right oh shit okay and the, the the one i found out about this week was there is sonic on his deathbed fan art so it is like sonic in the hospital on on life support and then like tails weeping at his bedside and there oh, and it's not just one person did this many people have done this yeah. uh, and it's all it's most of it's done in ms paint and it's like i don't know where it comes from it's like he's why? intubated yeah what does yeah, it's bad basically what on, about uh, this speaks to people <laughs> what that's so great so <laughs> i have i have now googled sonic sonic fan art deathbed yeah, Mario yeah.
0: looks so sad in this, uh, the top result for Sonic's deathbed.
1: Yeah, and you'd think he'd be like, man, fuck that. Like, you'd think he'd be kicking the plug out of his, like, life support machine. You would think so. There, with... he's, he's Nintendo all day. He's like, man, fuck Sega's
2: absolutely. Ass this guy razzed me in commercials in the 90s. He beat mm-hmm. me right. in the Olympics. hmm. But it's, you know, when. It feels like the
0: easy Dr. Dre thing when when easy was on his deathbed, Dre came through and was like, look, man, like, let's put all that shit behind us. I feel like Mario is uh, Dre in this in this situation. He's like, we're, you know, we we had our differences, but we are the same deep down. And I seeing you uh, dying here is is a little too close for home. It's it's making me think about my own mortality. Uh, well, and also, Luigi clearly injected you with whatever's killing you. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, feel bad uh, about uh, that. Too. Right, <laughs> ain't no hard feelings, man. What is something you think is overrated, Jordan? Yeah.
2: About once a year, I I forget that I hate Starbucks blended drinks, <laughs> and I get a Starbucks blended drink yeah. because mm. it's time for a treat. Yeah, you so know, you <laughs> and I and I get it. Because you know the the it looks good on the menu. Yeah, Sound? really good photography for those. God, very good photography. <laughs> yeah, geez, if you've ever seen one of those Starbucks breakfast sandwiches in person versus the menu, <laughs>
1: oh yeah, you know even the sous vide egg bites. Like yes! I mean, you're like, oh wow, and you're like, are these pencil erasers that are just greasy? <laughs> yes. but they taste good.
0: So yeah. What yeah, that's why I, I was gonna say. The same thing about the breakfast sandwiches. The the sausage, cheddar, uh, egg breakfast sandwich looks like shit. It looks like shit, and Absolutely. even like parts of it are uh, hard that shouldn't be hard. Oh yeah, and it's yet microwave like, to fuck. I've never had one that I didn't enjoy. Like eighty percent of the sandwich for some reason. They just they have. I think whatever chemicals they I put think because in there if you, agree to the... With if the you're getting brain. a Starbucks
1: breakfast sandwich, it's because you're so out your mind hungry. Yes, that's yeah. all. And that's true. why. It's <laughs> just yeah. because it's that's relative absolutely. to your hunger. Because I'm never checking for a Starbucks yeah. breakfast. I'm doing that
2: because I'm like,
0: fuck! Yeah. What has something <laughs> that
1: resembles breakfast? Like I'm at the an
2: airport I'm, and I'm mad. I need right. something. Gatorade right, exactly.
0: tastes better when you're running a marathon. That's like the equivalent of like the <laughs> brand the trick my brain is playing. Wait, so what's
1: it. your, well, so what, how, what's your experience like with the blended drinks? Like in your mind, what's it going to be? And it always ends up being another. It's like it sounds like me with cotton or uh, candy corn.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's a great uh, that's a great analogy. That thing that like one one bite or one sip of it is a lot of fun, and then the fifth bite, you're like fuck this. yeah i just like i get it and i'm like hey this will be like you know this will be this will be tasty this will give me Mm. a little pep and i every time i have it i'm like this is this is icy this is chonky in a way that i don't like and i just wish it was a carl's junior milkshake for the calories you know like right right right
0: it's it's ice it's like ice crystals at the core with like the coffee milky stuff around it so yeah it just makes you wish it was a milkshake because like a slushy, a slurpy, I can deal with the fact that, like, the balance gets thrown off as I'm drinking it and it's sure. just ice left behind. But when it's a coffee drink, it's it's like that that balance is too fucked up. It's like now I just feel like I'm drinking, like, the weakest coffee that's ever been brewed and then left out for How does it hours. stack
1: up against a culata from Dunkin'? I think it's similar. I'm a, you like, know, is it equally frustrating cuz I feel like, you know, everybody's kind of it, it ends up being a lot of frozen water in the end of the day. It sounds like what we are looking at is trying to move away from the frappé yes. and towards milkshake territory with these drinks.
2: You know, I am not a I, have, I have not a Dunkin guy. I uh um I grew up on the West Coast, so Dunkins are okay. kind of a new thing, you know, for me in the in the landscape. And I moved recently and there's there's a close Dunkin i've just never liked it i i, I can't find anything i like there i i kind of want to join the east coast people and their like enthusiasm for duncan because i think it's very sincere i think it's very adorable and i want to like I, I don't know i want to share that because i do love donuts but it's, every time i've gone to duncan it sucks and i don't i don't want it to i want get that it to sour be good. cream
1: get that sour cream oh yeah donut yeah okay that's what jack put me on to when we were I, I I'm like a dunking. all sour
0: all sour cream cake donuts. I, yeah, I feel yeah, like it's pretty hard to fuck up if you're. Have you only been to Dunkin' on the West Coast? And I'm not a Dunkin' apologist by any means. But no, 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 no. Like and I'm no, you're just Dunkin' a, apologist,
1: a paid endorser. Uh, right.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I I've had it out here a couple times, and then I had I had it a couple times on the East Coast as like road trip airport. Right. Yeah, like a road trip airport type stop.
0: Yeah. I've heard people who are Duncan defenders in the marketing meetings we have with the Duncan people, uh, tell me that you're supposed to that like they're like, Well, it's different on the West Coast and I think it's also like franchisey and so like you can hit a really bad one, you know. That yeah is just sure. like God.
1: yeah. So we go to ask Jamie Loftus. So I'm sure she can rank our West Coast Duncan. <laughs> I feel like
0: she's more in it for like the Duncan swag than but I guess oh. she she also likes oh. the Oh, I, that's not shade. Oh. That's not shade. I just feel like I don't I don't want people <laughs> uh all right. Sorry, Jeremy, to doubt your I don't know. Your are A
1: bit of light ribbing podcaster yeah. to podcaster. <laughs> I think we can handle it, the internet,
2: can't we? Jordan, what's something you think is underrated? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there because you know, I, I like you guys, I'm a fan of the show. Um I don't oh, want to be kicked man. off the show but I I realize that this might I I'm prepared for what just, comes. Just go okay. for it. Uh-oh, I'm prepared. Right. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I think this is out there there's a sentiment that I'm picking up and I think it's an okay time to say this. It's it's never been safer to say this. Mm-hmm. Third wave ska? <laughs> Wow. It seems like it's getting a little rehab in the culture. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in Orange County in the 90s. It was a big thing for me. I was there for the backlash. I, you know, the backlash was mighty. It was powerful. But now does it kind of seem like people are saying like, hey, maybe this was okay. Were we too hard on this? It was kind of fun, think right? People who fucked with Scar. Wisconsin- We'll always fuck with Scott,
1: you know, like Brandy Posey who comes on. She's a ska oh, Brandy OG. Posey, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And I played in ska bands growing up because that no was the only way. fucking really? place. I could, yeah, I played trumpet, so I was like, man, I don't play a fucking guitar. And shit, <laughs> I put on my anti-negativity helmet, okay, like a motherfucking aqua bat. There you blew go. That fucking
0: horn. There you well, go. With,
1: in my band called the Lip Tones no because way. we like Lipton canned iced tea.
0: The Lip Tones. That's yeah. actually. It like was that. stupid, uh, but yeah, I do you know, yeah, it,
2: you had to fit tone or ska into the name. Yeah, that was the rule. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. But yeah, it's weird, like how I feel like there it sounds like, yeah, for people who would maybe talk wild shit about it and like, yeah, I'm kind of digging the ska again. Mm-hmm.
2: But
0: yeah, I don't know. So just for like the uninitiated, so they know who we're talking, like the mighty, mighty Boston's would be third wave ska. Right? Yeah. And, you know, no they put out an album sublime. this month.
2: That is so good. It's really the Mighty good. Mighty Boston. Really? Yeah, they, it's. Uh, I think it's called "When God Was Great." I listened to it front the front to back. Uh, a lot when of God was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 and uh, they've got an eight minute song on there. I think I've heard them refer to it as "In Davida. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I that's love from it. them. That's not from me. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's maybe a result of like, you know, we all just kind of went through fucking worst year in history and like, you know, this idea of doing something that's like rooted in like fun and enthusiasm is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a nice thought of just putting on a fucking bowling shirt with somebody else's name on it and, you <laughs> right. know, goof goofing around with your with your buds. I don't know. It, I, I think we're all kind of just like we're craving fun, we're craving goofiness, and I think that that maybe yeah. it's causing people to kind of look back on that stuff and go like, yeah, that was fun, right? Like, right.
1: <laughs> There's an I, energy to Sky. I think, though, that is refreshing. When, when sort of in the context you're bringing up, though, especially because so much of our music is electronic now. Right. That sure. hearing like wind instruments and like all that, and just a huge band is like already sonically, I think, refreshing. Shout out to Sonic, uh, always yeah. refreshing. All right. And <laughs> 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 all right, obviously, but yeah, like there is. That's like the fun of it to me now. Although, like, I will say this: I'll never fuck with Sublime with Rome. I'm yep. just gonna say that. No oh, wow, that's okay. just that's just a nailed-on thing for me as a <laughs> Southern California native. Like, Sublime with Rome is not is not something I'm it's interested not my in.
2: Sublime. Nope not my not my <laughs> Sublime. That's not. My nope. sublime. Nah. I'm just
0: realizing, like, I. I'm only I'm not a huge like ska or music history person. So like I can only like looking at I had to Google third wave ska bands and then uh, looking at all the band names. It's like I know I've heard of the Mighty Mighty Boston's and can place their songs. Uh, No doubt I can place their songs. Sublime, I can place their songs. Two of the best concerts I went to under the age of like 17 were Mighty Mighty Boston's and No Doubt just like accidentally yeah. but like those are really fun shows like the only time i've ever uh, crowd surfed was at a mighty mighty Boston's concert
1: hey, jack wait hold on that's cool you went from i don't i had to look this up to be like I fucking crowd surfed at a Mighty Mighty bus. When I
0: I was visiting a college and they happened to be playing with Run DMC at Penn. That's a bill. That's a fucking bill. It was fucking dope, man. It was really, and I got way too drunk and acted weird and that completely (laughs) colored colored my uh, whether I wanted to go to that school or not. I was like, uh, they all know me and think I'm weird now but i yeah. really uh really let like it'
1: skanking jack
2: <laughs> that could have been your whole identity you could have I gone know, to man. that college and just been ska guy oh my
1: well, god i don't think yeah do you end up here guy. if do you end up where you are now jack if that Ska show really took you away and sent you on another journey do you uh, think you still
0: Probably not. You- I think about that a lot, because I was definitely going to go to Penn, and both me and my wife were definitely going to go to Penn, and then last second changed our mind and went to Georgetown independently of each other, and that's a big, oh, shit. big life change. Oh, uh, so before,
1: because y'all met in college?
0: Yeah, we met in college, and we were oh, both so you- like- Early decision pen and then changed our minds last second to go to Georgetown. Oh my God. And t- please tell me, she was,
1: she, she, she held you in the, well, you she were remembers me the, from the, yeah. sp- <laughs> she
0: was <she's> like, <laughs> and then this asshole jumped up on stage. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and th- you wouldn't believe he, he crowd surfed, got all this sweat on me. Right? I could not, I was dry heaving. <laughs> it was so
0: disgusting. Uh, babe, that wasn't sweat. Uh, I hate to tell you. <laughs> what was it? You gotta
2: ask. Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> I pissed in my pants. I love the Mighty Mighty Boston so much.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we're going to let you continue on despite that uh, shocking take. Thank the you. That's very big of right you. I appreciate it. It was underrated. RIP my mentions. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, one like super underrated third wave ska like album that people need to check out to like come around on the? uh...
2: Oh, sure. I got an answer off the dome. There's a band called The Slackers and they did an album called Wasted Days that I was listening to recently. It's a little more like, it's a little more kind of like funky reggae with the little soul. It's got like, it, 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 you know, it's not the like power chords that you kind of associate with third wave ska, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a great record, a lot of hits, and I think that uh, if you, yeah, I think it would appeal to fans of the genre and non-fans. Nice. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back.
0: And we're back. And let's talk about uh, what's going on in Palestine, how it's being covered by the US media. I just feel like now that we've lived through the year 2020 and the experience of watching the news media coverage of huge, successful, peaceful, just protests. And they're like, look at this individual case of looting that we saw all the way over here. Does that negate everything they're asking for? (laughs) Exactly. Wait, hold on. What was that? A Rite Aid window was damaged. (laughs) Hmm. The media's coverage of Israel's provocation and violence towards Palestinians and then like the Palestinians reacting and them just covering like starting the story at the reaction is, I don't know, it just feels a little different.
1: That would be like if the, like, foreign media just covered, like, Portland at its high point in the exactly, summer. Exactly, exactly. Like, and being like, that's yo, Portland, like. wild it out. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> right. Hold that's on, right. are you talking about, like, Ted Wheeler or, like, everything else that's happening in the country? You're just going here? Yeah. yeah. It's very, very, I mean, but this is, this is how, like, you know, Western media really helps keep everything in check, you know, because I think it it, it part of it is to function Part of its function is to help obscure these kinds of atrocities, because I think no matter we were talking about this on the trending episode, even in Colombia, people are experiencing very similar things around the globe of being like being pressed by their governments, a lack of access to care or any kind of social safety nets or any kind of support and are now having to fight back or having to take a stand against like what they believe is, uh, whether it's like these taxes in Colombia or in the case of East Jerusalem, people being forcefully evicted from their homes, attacked, and then you know, sort of spinning yeah. this as like these people are are just attacking these innocent civilians in Jerusalem, like yeah. on the Israeli side, and it it just feels. I mean, yeah, like you said, we've I, we've seen this happen, this sort of same strategy play out in many different instances around the world.
2: Yeah, is there is there? Do either of you have an? explain it to me like I'm five explanation of what this current conflict is, because I, yeah, I mean, I think like you said, I feel like I became aware that something was going on, tried to kind of like search for a good story that would explain it to me. And I felt like I kind of couldn't find anything. I felt like there wasn't, there was not yeah. good coverage of this. Is there a it's kind of a cacophony? Yeah. Sure.
0: I think uh, a big part that's being left out is like there's, you know, this occupation, which is essentially like right wing Israeli forces are occupying and like trying to evict Palestinian families from homes they've lived in for like generations. And they're like, sorry, this is a settlement now, which used to be like a far right wing uh, Israeli position. And now they're just... You know, it's being adopted by Netanyahu and, you know... Who's the, up for re-election. Who's and up for re-election. This is, part
1: of a, this is part of a cycle for him to right. ramp up settlement sort of activities and things like that to bolster his support because he also has his own legal liabilities that he's exposed to if he's out of office. So there's like... There, so yeah, they're using protests around
0: that, like, eviction to then be like, we-, we have to amp up our police presence. And so now they are... They're they're doing things like uh, preventing Palestinians from, like, worshipping on, like, they're cutting down the number of people who can worship at, like, the third holiest site in Islam. And then when people, like, protest that, they start shooting them with less lethal, not non-lethal, less lethal munitions and, like, flash grenades and stuff in the mosque, like, in the actual mosque and just, like... And then any response to that is being covered as like, uh, you know, militant forces and, you know, Palestinian forces are clashing. And it's it's like their
1: place of worship who are asking to. And one
0: side is allowed to like one side's violence is automatically assumed to be legitimate. And the other side, like that's what kind of makes it like fit within the broader, like. of what we experienced in 2020 is that like one side comes in and is aggressive and is violent and the other side when they protest or push back it's like well now you've fucked up and now we get to shoot you with rubber bullets and grenades and then uh you know the palestinians in desperation started firing rockets at israel at jerusalem and that is where like they have this abc news story that just starts at the palestinians firing rockets at jerusalem and they're like a children's ballet class had to take cover they have video of that uh people frantically sprinting through the streets of jerusalem like and they're like this is the first time in seven years that this has happened amazingly no one was hurt is the is the quote because they're just kind of like they're doing it out of desperation they don't really have uh, the weaponry to fight back. They're just no, because they don't
1: have the backing of the U.S. military right. like Israel does. I think a lot of it, too, is there's they've completely robbed people of the context broadly that they're this is an occupying force, right, that this is occupied territory that is an apartheid state. So right. they're living under that already forever. And right. the pandemic only exacerbated that with like very scant supplies for Palestinians to be able to access. So it's just building and building and building. It's very similar to what was happening last year in in America. You know, like the broader context is systemic white supremacy has completely ruined this country. Some people are able to exist, while many others are still experiencing the ills of it repeatedly, repeatedly. And we we get closer and closer to like, you know, a tipping point of people saying like, what the fuck is this? Like, no. But uh, but in the in the context of Israel and Palestine this is just like this is the ebb and flow of palestine or of israeli settlement organizations saying this is ours now we're kicking you out unfortunately the courts that you're going to try to maybe appeal to will not look at any of your documentation meanwhile i can give you know documents that aren't even verified to say that i've actually been here since x amount of years to justify this me taking over this property and so there's just a lot of this this imbalance that is constantly being played out. And then this is just another example now where it's it's a provocation. And it just also reminds us of how a lot of the uh, BLM protests are happening in the summer, which is people come out, they're protesting, the police or whatever come out to provoke or whatever to create a clash, and then they get violent. They use that to justify their violence. And then the news is like, oh, look at the violent clashes between police and protests. Like, well, what yeah. part? are you picking up this narrative at
2: yeah. Maybe you guys uh monitor right wing media a little bit closer than than i do you, you do it so would. so we don't have to <laughs> so we thank <laughs> you thank you for your service is in right wing media is blm still like a villain do they still yeah oh absolutely oh yeah 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 i was I, I was kind of wondering if that had if that had subsided and now it's all cancel so... culture stuff or if they still use They still have that because, I mean,
1: this is the language of oppressors, which is you treat people who are seeking equality as a terror terrorizing force without acknowledging, you know, where you where you stand in terms of the like hegemony of the entire situation. Like you are the oppressor class. But yet when your people have asking you for equality, it's like, oh, my God, what are they trying to do? It's like, well, you have to understand if you can't even acknowledge what the situation is, then. We, there's right. no way we can sort of objectively or even clearly uh, report this situation or come to any kind of forward movement, because on on one side, you have people thinking like, well, <laughs> this is what they're going to do. Violence isn't the way. That's not the way you want to get things. But I retweeted there's...
0: this guy, Omar Badar, who I thought put it. Uh, I'm probably butchering pronunciation, but Omar B-A-D-D-A-R at Omar B-A-D-D-A-R on Twitter one status quo occupation apartheid is violence against palestinians and you can like insert you know black americans you can insert colombian citizens two israel escalates through evictions beatings shootings three then some palestinians respond with violence four then israel responds with massacre and then he said if you start reporting at number 3 you're misleading your audience and i think that's really how how you can kind of summarize almost the entire like news cycle and how how uh, BLM becomes this buzzword that they can point to to scare you know white people who aren't paying attention.
1: Yeah, the the other thing that's I think really telling too is the spokesperson Ned Price uh, for the State Department. Mm. He had to answer questions yesterday about. Mm. What is the right of Palestinian people to defend themselves? Because if you're saying like, yeah, they, you know, civilians are dying. Children are dying because of these airstrikes. They're like, what level does this idea of self-defense factor in for Palestinian people? Are they just like how what's the logic of the United States right now? And just listening to this guy twist his brain into knots, I think, really shows how like how careful the United States has to be with how they even talk about things. They couldn't just sort of unequivocally be like, "I would believe that they do have a right to self-defense in this instance." I'll just play this clip because the journalists that were there at this briefing were really like unrelenting, and credit to them for asking these questions.
2: We, uh, uh, we stand by uh, on behalf of Israel. Yeah, and every do you other think country.
1: that an re- Israeli military response to the rockets coming in it, it that? In a re- a military response to the rockets coming in is covered by this broader rubric of self-defense, right? Uh,
2: self self-defense often does uh, uh, authorize secondly, the use of on force. This. Uh,
0: thank you, Madam. Uh, I want to ask you about Jerusalem, but let's talk about what you said about the principle of self-defense. Does that in any way apply to the Palestinians? Do they have a right to self-defense? Do Palestinians have a right to self-defense?
1: Uh, I'm in
2: broadly speaking, Said, uh, we believe in the concept of self-defense. We believe it applies uh, to any state. I don't Uh, think that uh, Uh, I. I, I, I...
1: So he goes on to say, I believe that goes like it extends to any state. And this other reporter then responds to say, like, okay, hold on, I want to get you on that because you said applies to any state.
0: You're going to know as soon as I read what your answer was that there's a big problem with it. You said, well, not a problem it just doesn't answer the question we believe that it meaning the right to self defense applies to any state well you see the problem right yes do you want to do you regard palestine as a state
1: i, I wasn't referring do you think that, do you do you but, you, you, I, but you I, don't but, in the context of the icc and the un I, so are and, you saying that you do not if it applies to any state are you saying the palestinians don't have a right to self defense I, I was making a broader point not attached to uh, Israel
0: or the Palestinians in that
2: case
1: you're picking a broader point about states but then but it, it's so broad doesn't it doesn't apply, apply to, the, to this
0: <laughs> to the situation that you're being asked about
1: it's a weird position to be in I mean yeah. like that's why he's working for the State
0: Department <laughs> yeah but I mean it's like the Biden administration statement was all you know condemning the Palestinians firing rockets not the airstrikes that came through and like killed uh, lots of civilians Uh, attacked apartment buildings, like blew up apartment buildings uh, just yesterday. But like just ABC News is now like for some reason above and beyond the most popular, uh, you know, national news broadcast, which I think means it gets like 3000 viewers. But the way that they edited this was just so like the progression was so clear that it was it started with the Palestinian rockets. Then it showed, like, the Israeli, like, victims who actually weren't hurt, which they said was amazing. And then they just showed, like, angry Palestinians throwing rocks and, like, protesting angrily. And then they showed, like, a split second of Israeli police force, like, shooting them with rubber bullets. It's just like, why why do you have to, like, it, the order that they cut it was clearly meant to show, like, this is just Israel responding to provocations by Palestine. It's like, why would you have to do that if you were not like in the tank yeah. for one well, side the, or the
1: other? Again, the purpose of all of these, whether it's black people seeking justice in this country or Palestinians trying to liberate themselves or at least have some have semblance human rights. <laughs> of human rights there. yeah. It The whole point is to completely turn them into a group that doesn't know what they want, that they're just a problem. And to just sort of take away the validity of what they're asking for. If you can always take that away, then to the person who is not really critically thinking while they're watching they're and be like, oh, Hamas, just come on, get over yeah. it. Like, and that's how it's sort of presented much in the same way a Fox viewer would look at the Black Lives Matter marches and the way they cut things and be like, oh, don't they have enough? I mean, it's not that bad. And it's just meant to completely take the wind out of this.
0: And the version you're getting of Israel and Palestine is the Fox News version. Like the rest of the world views this as like all all the, you know, international uh, organizations are like, this is a violation of the Palestinian people's rights. This is like a war crime. You cannot do these things that uh, Israel's been doing for years and years and years. Like it's a pretty clear cut case for all other media. But inside the U.S., we only get the Fox News version of the Black Lives Matter protests. Only get that take of what's happening over there because they just assume you aren't paying attention, which I think for me was certainly
2: the case until uh, I dug into it. It is amazing how throughout the course of our lives that angry Palestinian footage gets cut into news reports to yeah. scare us. and uh yeah. Yeah, I know with like no context, it's just kind of this. like even in like movies, I feel like if they're if they're trying to show you like the world is being thrown into chaos, they will cut to that sort yep. of footage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I can totally see how that will be done with BLM footage when you just need an example of because, oh, yeah, just show angry black people. Don't right, I don't exactly. even don't
1: even show don't even don't for a second show the audio of what they're saying, right? Because there are people saying, "Don't kill us," or we, when we this matter. is from,
2: or yeah. where yeah. they are, or what's much in the being same way done to them. Sure,
1: for us who aren't, you know, polyglots. If I don't speak Arabic or I'm not, you know, fluent in any of these languages, of the if people are like the activists in Palestine. You would there what they're talking about is we're being kicked out of our homes. Right. We're getting bulldozed. Where are my child was shot in the head, right? And I have no recourse, right? What am I supposed to do? Am I And what are what are my rights if someone is completely violating me? What what, am I just a subhuman at this point? Because that is the same struggle that they're experiencing. But again, if you just cut to screaming, angry, contorted faces, that's and now you have some narration over it. Now you can be like, oh, they're just being unreasonable rather than that's real pain. That's actually pain. That's a level of human suffering that. So most of us have the privilege of and will have the privilege of possibly never knowing. And I think that's what I think is the really disingenuous thing about the the way they report that or way they portray people like that.
0: There's a portrayal of angry black men in uh, Forrest Gump that I think is under (laughs) underrated and Mm -hmm. like kind of influential because it's so subtle, but it's like very clearly shows like the kind of mainstream perception. So it's like the scene where they're meeting with the Black Panthers or they're at the Black Panthers like meeting place. And uh, one of the Black Panthers is like shouting at Forrest Gump. and like, you don't hear him. It's just like anger, 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 like wagging his finger. And then Jenny's boyfriend slaps her and Forrest like runs over to hit him. And the guy keeps yelling at the spot on the wall that Forrest Gump just was because It's just like his anger is like connected to nothing. And he's just like so blinded by anger. It's just like a very automaton of anger anger that like can't, that isn't trying to communicate anything. His message has no content. It's just uh, anger being uh, displayed for the sake of anger. And it's, I don't know, I I had to write an episode of After Hours for Cracked about uh, Forrest Gump and like just... It's like a really subtle thing, but it is like
2: very, uh, I don't know, intentional, intentional for sure. You know, obviously, that's not the big headline here, but like, you know, uh, worth saying Forrest Gump is full of fucking boomer (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. All right.
0: Let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And we're back. And let's talk about uh, Liz Cheney and how it relates to Forrest Gump. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, um, Daddy Dick always said, life yeah. is like a box of
2: shooting your friend in the face while you're on a hunting trip.
1: It's a box of yellow cake that you suddenly found in Iraq. To <laughs> there you give go. you Look a pretext this. for invasion. Yeah, yours, yours was better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little obsessed with Dick Cheney though You know so somehow Liz Cheney Yes the direct descendant of fucking Darth Vader Dick Has become like the character from Congress That's like inspiring sympathy from yeah. everyone Been Like oh god like is it are we mistreating Liz Cheney I'm like well she, she chose her party And then she's in a she's in the goon squad And they don't give a fuck about anything So yes that's what's gonna happen to you because unfortunately ever since she said out loud that biden had won fair and square get off your fucking stolen election nonsense and her vote to impeach trump she's been on the maga shit list ever since we talked about how you know kevin mccarthy's been just been constantly squeezed bullied into siding against her now that he finally has like the writings on the wall um but it just seems a little bit odd because first of all with Kevin McCarthy he said the exact same thing she did too except he didn't vote for impeachment but right. no one's no one's holding his feet to the fire because it's probably because he's not again a direct descendant of like the old GOP that is slowly being like what the hell are these people doing they're right. like we used to be quiet racists so this <laughs> is now like caused this weird bizarro game of what i call what's canceled again Because you have there are these two takes from people on the right that I am really scratching my head over. First, Senator Joni Ernst was raising her concerns over like, well, yo, what's going on? Why are we ousting Liz Cheney for just speaking her mind? She said, quote, I feel it's okay to go ahead and express what you feel is right to express. And, you know, cancel culture is cancel culture, no matter how you look at it. Uh, Unfortunately, I think there are those that are trying to silence others in the party. She added, we shouldn't be trying to cancel voices. Yeah. So. I don't know if that was her attempt to try and tell other people in the GOP. She's like, we're no better than the libs, guys. If we're canceling each other, where does it end? But I guess it turns out Josh Hawley. Yes, that Josh Hawley is a lib because he disagrees with this definition. What Hawley said is, (laughs) quote, she's still going to be a member. It'll give her certainly a media platform. I don't think it's being canceled in terms of she's being silenced. It's a decision for the House caucus who
2: represents them. Mm. Oh, Classic okay. So Soy Boy, Snowflake, Josh Hawley.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: wow! It's like
1: you not know, cancel. You, what do you mean? You can still talk. You have a platform, right? uh And I'm just like, what is going on right now? <laughs>
2: There's this, a real Ken Watanabe. Let them fight appeal. That's going right, on right. right now. This <laughs> right. is this is this is as fun as the movie Alien versus Predator should have been, mm-hmm. right? Lindsey
0: Graham. I mean, just he kind of came out and said what uh, what this is really about. He said. Uh, Liz Cheney's made a determination that the Republican Party can't grow with President Trump. I've made a determination we can't grow without him. Without Ooh,
2: um, Graham, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I've been he's, working on it.
1: He believes it. I mean, he's—I don't know what—I don't know what kind of fucking shit they're holding over his head. Still, I'm like, he's out of office, Lindsey. Right. But okay, whatever. I mean, so many people have shown themselves to just completely liquefy their spines into diarrhea and then just pledge fealty to Trump, like, on a dime. Like, Stefan Stefanik, who they want to replace Liz Cheney, she went from being like, yo, Trump's a misogynist and he's soft on Putin, fuck out of here, to being like, he is the greatest leader our country has ever had. Fuck Liz Cheney.
0: I mean, I think this is a strategic error that I'm, like, kind of glad they're making that they're just fully... Like they're just attaching like Donald Trump owns the party. This is somebody who's like, what is he mid late seventies now, yeah, he'll be late seventies by the time the next election comes around, and he's lost two popular votes like at the height <laughs> of his movement I just I don't know what their angle is, necessarily, mm-hmm. like it, but I like I'm glad that they are are just that. Completely devoid of. I mean, maybe they're just like we're overleveraged on the like white supremacy thing, so we can't really like back away. We don't really have a cultural place anymore. They're so, like, just, what the fuck do you want us to do?
1: They're in a corner. like you said like we we're talking about. They they're just painting themselves into a corner. They can't. He can't pivot out of what they're doing. I right. mean, unless you become liberal, like become like being less of what this is. And I think their fears, like that's not going to resonate with our base which is already like a weird group of people. And if they looked at any of the data, they'd see that young voters were really instrumental in defeating Trump. So on some level, just off maths, you should be like, well, we need to appeal to these people. We lost all these people in the suburbs and some independents and young people. So we're going to go further into the direction that was causing people to flee. Yeah. Right, okay? do, you,
2: do you think they are savvy enough to to be consciously trying to attract like the reddit dudes or the 4chan dudes cuz i mean i think obviously like you know any qAnon doc you've watched shows how instrumental those dudes were in yeah. in spreading you know kind of qAnon bullshit do you think that the cancel culture thing are they trying to like get Gamergate guys or is that do you they think that's so did. off their radar no they oh, already no, got they, Gamergate guys that's like, like, that was part of Steve Bannon's
1: whole thing in 2016 was to like with all of that Cambridge Analytica stuff they're like oh yeah we got a we got an inroad here with these like angry gamer men
2: yeah like is that their young contingent that
1: would be but I think more than anything I just think this is so it's become such a just a, like a living organism that's thrashing to survive it just doesn't know what's happening anymore And I think given this is the other thing, though, too, they don't really the way they're moving in all the states is we don't need to appeal to people because we're going to suppress the fuck out of the vote. Right. That it does. It's not going to matter because we're just going to target people who would vote against us and negate their votes. That's how we're going to move forward. And it feels like this is sort of like a shatter glass in case of emergency thing for like white supremacy that they're like, okay, man, if. I'm sure in the back of your mind you see the support, the numbers going down 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 you're like all right what do we do what's that last yeah. move we play? it's authoritarianism
0: play? like that's yes. they're just moving towards authoritarianism like there's no there's no strategic future for them that involves Demont, like actually letting people vote because they keep, at their height they were losing the popular vote like, what what do they think is going to happen
2: as the voting population continues to get younger? And God, what a fucking dumbass strategy furthering the voting is fake narrative. It's like, OK, well, then your goobers aren't going to come out and vote because they think it's fake. Right. I don't know. Anyway, not. To, yeah, I yeah. mean,
1: in, in their fantasy world, votes the elections will just be pure theater. For them to proclaim themselves victor victors every time because they have a board of electors just locked in every state that is like I don't care what they fucking voted we're saying this person won by because that's what they were trying to do with the presidential election
0: everyone's like what the
1: fuck was that
0: all right this is all important but I have to talk about Greg Kelly's pants Uh, (laughs) I just think I think it's such a good Uh, the real uh, issue (laughs) the real issue okay Poppy come on in. (laughs) <laughs> like it's such a great metaphor for just like where the conservative movement is like from on on the cultural side like just very like desperate to be accepted trying too hard like trying to be cool uh, completely blind and deaf to anything approaching coolness but then just like absurdly thin-skinned like so <laughs> so incredibly thin-skinned so he posted this picture with what is he
1: just like a like a pundit? Is he on a TV show? He's, or a, he's, he's a, a, a pundit, but
0: people think he might be. He people are giving him like Tucker Carlson vibes of like this, he seems like he might have a future in politics because he's the okay. only person who seems to be able to post <laughs> like Trump does, which is just like off the cuff and stupid mm-hmm. and right, right, a- right, appealing to the con- conservative base. But he so he posted this picture with Trump where he was wearing pants that had like five zippers uh cargo pockets uh were incredibly tight fit him weird and just it, it was like somebody had copy and pasted like a European's jeans onto him it's from well,
1: I I will allow me to interject it is a rip-off of the Balmont uh sort of biker jean style but turned to cargo pants which Balmont did no really- it is
2: Balmont. It is. Walmart. Oh, he is rocking ball yes. so, to me, it screamed what the lead singer of Smash Mouth would wear if he became radicalized. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a perfect description. But he with a so belt? first he yeah with the belt.
0: <laughs> it, it looks <laughs> yeah, so bad. It's the belt. It's the the belt you're is Balm the worst. You're wearing nine hundred
1: dollar pants you, and you have no swag. Sorry,
0: try like thirteen
1: hundred dollar pants.
0: Uh, just looking at their website. Oh, but okay. But so he first when he posted it posted Oshkosh. Uh, because he wanted to, like, kind of paper over the fact that the these were $1,300 pants. And then people were like, yo, what is happening with your pants, my man? And he responded, everyone busting my crackers over the, quote, pants. Busting Parcel- my crackers. Fucking Ned I, Flanders. I, I Jesus know, Christ. Christ. Oh, and then stop he, busting per-
2: my crackers. <laughs>
0: parentheses, partially my fault because I called attention to them with the Bugle Boy con- Okay, he said Bugle Boy, not Oshkosh. That makes more sense. Then he said, the truth is they're Balmon, all caps. And then parentheses, oh. the most prestigious Brandon pants. And then, oh my God! And then M-Dash, my shoes are by Ferragamo. Basically, I'm a sharp-dressed man. Thank you! So, just a perfect encapsulation of I think, like, just that type of guy and i
1: mean most american mindsets to be honest it's like i don't know this is the best thing i can buy therefore i am good right like man your shit looks stupid yeah
2: when those like, fucking so bozos dumb. try and intersect with high fashion it is so embarrassing they're ball
1: on like yo come on sir you, you up from the waist up you look like a fucking principal And then then from the waist down, you want to act like you're the fucking like Migos entourage? Right.
0: (laughs) No. Yeah. No. Anyways, a beautiful thing, but we do have to move on to the Prego hack. So, Miles, you have not seen this yet. No. Prego. Uh, Prego. Um, So this is just, I don't know if you've seen like some of those videos where someone, usually a white lady, will be like, I have a cooking hack, and then it's like, fill uh, rigatoni, like raw rigatoni with uh, Velveeta and like put, you know, ketchup on top and it's actually lasagna that no. (laughs) So that's a, that's a thing that happens is like, and
1: people will disrespect themselves and make that as food to eat.
0: No, no. Uh, people will make fun of them usually, but this this one is so out there. I can't tell if it's real. Like, it seems like it's a badly acted bit, but. I don't know. I wanna I wanna yeah. get
2: your uh your thoughts on this.
1: Okay. Allow me to watch the while you're clip. while
2: you're watching, note the note the reactions of the person holding the camera. I think Is that's, the
1: audio necessary for me to take this on and do I need to, hear of, the narration? For, to, okay. to
0: to understand Jordan's point? The person who's holding the camera is either doing a bad job of acting in what is a bit uh, or is okay. like I recognizes like how fucking stupid I... this is and is making
2: fun of the person. <laughs> oh, I like that reading. That's okay, interesting. I didn't. I didn't think that. Like, but yeah, I'll listen this for looks it. great. <laughs> oh,
0: cool. <laughs> it's just right on the countertop. Yep. Um. All my friends are coming over. And this oh,
1: no. is the easiest. A nice granite countertop, reason? though. To make spaghetti for a crowd
2: uncooked prego it's being it's poured wild. on just a right countertop
1: just right out of the can it's on your countertop yeah
2: Not oh, so exactly it's a can that's a jug that's it's a plastic yeah. Jug. yeah 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 Sorry. that's
1: the smart and final prego right you need a we're the gonna the see a, some target okay. products later so it might oh be a my target oh my right my gosh and you've done this before oh yeah we do this all the time this is like holy literally. smokes now nah, this, this is, is bullshit fastest fastest right, this is right? Bullshit. This it's got to be bullshit to right a ton of people
0: somebody who dumping so an parmesan entire yep. plastic jar of parmesan cheese you
2: just go on a straight line parmesan
0: yeah. cheese brand. market <laughs> pantry the target Everyone brand oh okay i thought I it was know. parmesan yeah, cheese like, brand parmesan right. cheese <laughs> it just has parmesan oh
1: cheese it's the parmesan cheesiest now just putting cooked noodles. Now just putting sure. cooked noodles on it. Yep.
0: Noodles. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm I would Wait, never putting more noodles on, just like noodles on top. Just resting noodles on top of this do? pile ah, of sauce. Take you just Then, it then she starts
0: mixing it in, and it just looks like right a murder in scene. Kind of
1: you stone, Doing no, you style. fucking nah, nah. I'm done. I'm done watching this. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is fucking offensive. I mean, that's kind of where it ends.
0: So yeah.
1: That's not uh, that's not how you cook. That doesn't even make sense. You have to cook everything together to infuse the flavors like you would if you were actually making meatballs, you want that cooking in your sauce. This is nonsense. I I call bullshit because of the terrible acting from the person holding the camera to try Very and bad. feign like well, so, actual yeah.
0: wow. But this is my one hope is that they that it is real and they are their terrible acting is coming from them their inability to like put up with this shit anymore from this friend they're like wow wow. yeah you are you're going viral
2: Karen you're going viral (laughs) wow oh Because if you were
1: that, if you're at that point in your friendship with somebody like that, you'd be like, I'm not shooting this fucking stupid thing for you, fool. Shoot at your damn, so get your fucking weak ass husband to do this shit.
0: (laughs) Well, but maybe she was doing it as like an intervention, like as a, hey. Jack, why
1: are you, why why are you more invested in this being a sincere video than it being like a bad bit? You've encountered fake videos on the internet countless times. This just, like, I think I'm more in Jordan's court where it feels like the worst, like, product placement. Just to get Uh, eyes on it,
2: but right, right.
1: I don't know, but I think it's also it could be fake in that it's like people who are just who see the wave of like food, sloppy, weird food hacks, and are like, "This is how I'm doing it now."
0: Right. See, we can get
1: a million views if we just recklessly put a bunch of sauce on our. Because you know there are people now who just dunking whole hot dogs in a bucket of ketchup, and you're like, "Oh, I
2: love this shit."
0: (laughs) I still make room for a version where uh, the. (laughs) That is a friend who has just gone completely, lost their tether to reality during the pandemic. And this is their friend being like, I want to show you what oh, you look right. like when you take a video of a friend who it's like, like really has drunk. a substance abuse problem. Yeah, and you're like, what you look like, look at
2: you. Yeah. I th- And I think, you know, like seeing seeing the, the woman hosting this is kind of like. Important, and she does seem like someone who is just desperate to go viral. Like I'm sure she's made yeah, like yeah. a song parody about being a wine mom, right? You know, mm-hmm. she. I think her T-shirt says "Plant Mom" on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah I just, she's a plant from Target. Oh <laughs> wow! All oh, the clues. This is like a fucking. Kubrick you know 237 I mean? thing.
1: Exactly. Mr. Kobayashi, you just wow. fucking dropped your coffee Mr. cup Detective, when you realized what was going on.
2: Were, yes. Mr. What B, is it? Mr. Police, you gave, Mr. Mr. Police Police gave you, all, you all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> I was confessing to my crime in the video.
1: Anyways. Wait, hold on. Hold the fuck up. I need to just do a little frame by, f- oh, it says plant lady is what plant her name is. Oh, plant lady. Excuse me. I mean,
0: still, it, it could be a confession.
1: I'm just making sure that the
0: subconscious is vast. Maybe it was an unintentional. uh character.
1: see, there is Target does have a plant mom shirt, and I was like, oh my god, oh, she's even wearing Target right. oh, clothing. She's just
2: but this whole thing is just an ad for a trip to Target. Her
0: plant
1: lady shirt actually seems to be like one that comes from I don't know Etsy or something.
0: Anyway, but but it, even if she's sponsored by Target and like she's just desperate for clicks because she signed that contract with Target and get like gets to monetize every single view on the video that's still it's not like it's satire it's like she's like i'm just gonna do something quirky that would be like a fun way to fuck with stuff in the kitchen
1: it just it goes against everything about cooking though you're, playing, no counter's you're combining that your ingredients no on a cold stone countertop Take cold stone pizzeria. The fuck you doing? (laughs) Coldstone pizzeria. Like the parmesan gonna melt and like even the like I reject even the the efficiency of this like mixing strategy that has been devised. Again, you know. Right, because you
2: have no, that's a such a great point. Is you will have to reheat this somehow. You have to heat like this is gonna be so fucking room temp. Like, so you might as well cook it together if you're gonna eventually have to put it back on the stove to reheat it, right? Right. The one reason that, I, I
0: do think it's uh, fake is that she said all my friends are coming over at the beginning, which is just something that you would write as like a setup. All my friends are coming over is not something you say do? to your friends. What it's are you fucking like, Bo Cephas and it's Monday <laughs> Night Football? Like,
1: yeah. What the fuck? All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight <laughs> eating up spaghetti on my kitchen counter. Like, no. Yeah. But this is I think this is what re- it reminds me of the table nachos hack. That I saw on TikTok blow up where they were like, yo, fuck, like putting nachos on a plate, cover your fucking table and just get all the toppings like on your fucking table and then just use your chips to just eat, just scrape them, scrape them, scrape them. So you're not trying to dress like, you know, fight, you know, rather than doing the top soggy layer and then got a bunch of dry chips on the bottom, eat them off your table. That was one that seemed very sincere and an easy cleanup versus why?
0: Why is that an easy cleanup? And why is that any better than this?
1: I think, well, because, okay, if we're eating nachos, right, you got the cheese just right there ready to go. You can, you can just take your chips and kind of keep building your shit rather than the fight that ensues over, like, as Saving Silverman described to us. You know, if <laughs> the they're connected, nacho. that's right. one nacho. You know, and then you know, I mean, I'm all for dipping
0: nachos, like having a, a great dip that you use for your nachos, but why would you put it directly on the table?
1: Okay, so th- what I'm saying is I think this, I think table nachos inspired sloppy counterproof spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And they're trying to ride the table nachos wave because table right. nachos g- had a wave. Like, that shit was on a Today Show. I mean, so I think this is some, I don't know. Look, yeah. This is, I
0: didn't know that this was part of a, a larger.
1: Can we get back drama. to the lighter stuff and talk about fucking the Middle East or something?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this Table nachos no. thing is tearing us it's apart. Tearing, oh, yeah. Jack, it's just easier, That's the last man. Episode like, what of the show? talking about? Really heating up. Oh, man. But I mean, I but guess I table, isn't table nachos just five layer dip, right? But on it. Yeah. But yeah. on it, but not in a container. Wait. So,
1: okay. So wait, you're Jack, you seem like you're real. You really can't get over the fact that it's on a table. Yeah. Okay, now tell me, so how do, what's the logic here where that is like, what's going on? But the counter thing, like what do you, so you're just saying table nachos is just a bad idea. I'm not in favor,
0: yeah, and I'm not, I'm not in favor of this Prego preparation of spaghetti. You like that I'm just wondering if there is a universe where somebody has completely lost their tether to reality, saw the table nachos video, saw all these hack things. And is preparing this and showing it off to their friend or sister, whoever is taking the video. And the friend is like, yeah, man. Wow. It's an SNL
1: digital short is what you're envisioning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like, my friends are coming over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're like, what's going on with Deb? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're like, th- she didn't even clean up the counter from the last yeah, time after, she made spaghetti. After,
2: after Brad took the kids, she uh, was kind of <laughs> yeah. not, not holding it really together. Fuck the kids. <laughs> I
0: still have my plants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have my <laughs> plants this and my family counter meals. food.
2: <laughs> she,
0: mm. She's just eating at the table by herself, with like surrounded by plants who are in seats. Um, oh, and she's, she's like trying to, to feed
2: them. Like, here right. you go, Fernie. <laughs> <laughs> have a bite of my counter spaghetti.
0: Uh, And finally, uh, speaking of heating up, it is the summer of flavor. I do want to talk really briefly about uh, these three new Lay's potato chip flavors. We got wavy jerk chicken. We got chili mango. Uh, Perfectly fine so far. And then we got summer BLT. No, Uh, no, no. No. A lettuce flavored potato chip. Like, what are you going to do with that? Lettuce. Lettuce cuz i i'll be honest
1: i put this in the doc not because you know we were sponsored or anything even though it had sounded like the most aggressive product placement but i love chips right now and yeah. the flavors that i've been getting like the jalapeno uh ranch ones and shit like i'm liking that we're entering all kinds of new fun territory with our chips so when i saw this I was like this is great but the yes summer blt i just not sure how you're going to pay that off bacon i get you can do some janky bacon flavor and tomato like is it a raw tomato flavor you're trying to replicate is it just going to be a ketchup
0: bacon flavored right. chip then I'm... call it ketchup bacon call it bl uh what's it called uh bacon cheeseburger or something
1: ketchup and bacon and being like look you fucking creeps come and get it
0: I mean ketchup is a very popular flavor in yeah. places that aren't America.
2: So. Yeah. I stick to pretty traditional chip flavors when I'm chip okay. buying. I think as exotic as I'll get is like sour cream and cheddar Whoa, ruffles. I love sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Oh yeah, that's great. But these kind of like these kind of limited small batch kind of memey flavors scare me off. As someone who has had a lot of them, what what do you recommend? It, like Okay, BBQ. Oh, what what's been your favorite so far?
1: I like Thai sweet chili chips. Okay, uh, that they'll have in the UK. It's like it's usually when I go abroad and it becomes Walkers rather than Lay's. Oh right, that you that the flavor like the roast chicken chips that I've had in Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, I Canada has it.
2: some good chips. They invented all dressed, which we got exactly here not too long ago, and I think all dressed fucking rules. It's really good.
1: Yeah, so in that sense, like. Yes, I I would say those are like my my go tos. Now these like I love a spice. I like anything with a lot of spice. So the jerk chicken one does appeal to me. But it's weird when you say jerk chicken. So like, are you trying to pay off the chicken aspect too? Like, are these vegan? I don't look. Who knows? But this is what they're coming with. Chili mango though could be good too.
2: Yeah. Does Oreo rule this space? Is Oreo the best at the like like one off flavor? Funky, yeah, limited flavors. They've only had one real misfire in terms of flavor,
0: and that one was so weird that it still kind of succeeded with the, the Swedish. I, be- fish. I can't believe
1: it's not butter one. <laughs> oh, I no way, really? Did they do that?
0: <laughs> no, no,
2: no. <laughs> no man, I like believed it. That. <laughs> That's I, yeah. be- I Oreo has gone so fucking off <laughs> right. the rails. I yeah. mean,
0: sugar and butter like that—that that would be a—I I would fuck sugar with that. and
1: butter.
2: Yeah, why
0: not? Yeah, yeah. Don't hate it like that. When when my mom was cooking up a batch of cookies and she was at the just sugar and butter mixed together phase, I would get a little lick in of the spoon. That's a fun spoonful. Yeah, I the Swedish fish one was kind of a mess, but uh, otherwise, I, I really fuck with uh, Oreo special flavors. I love them. What do you think
2: is the best one?
0: Lemon, if we're considering that a special, I think lemon is really good. I also Big Mac all of my Oreos, so it's... Two creams, three cookies, <laughs> so that oh wow, like is very specific. Yeah, uh, s'mores was really good. What do you um, do with that loose cookie?
2: Just throw it to the kids. They fight for it. On the I game. have a bag of Lucy's <laughs> that I keep on <laughs> the
1: side of my bed. That's right.
2: <laughs> well, I guess if you have an odd, you maybe you need an even number of them, and then you can just make the loose cookie goes into the next Big Mac, right? right?
1: Oh, like keep shifting it. Well, oh, yeah.
0: yeah, or you know, crush it up so you have ice no,
2: cream. No, I coffee. end
1: up
0: with a bag of like 20 Lucy's by the end. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah.
1: See, y'all, this is why we need to interview Jack and his, <laughs> loose, his <laughs> loose Oreo cookies I told you yeah, about. No.
2: Wow. Oh, great, Jack. Cool, You're dad. saving your Oreos. <laughs> so here's what you cool.
0: do. So, uh-huh. oh, yeah, no, yeah. What You know, all again? my friends are coming over and I'm going to Big Mac all the Oreos. Oh, you see?
1: No, all You're your friends stop talking to you because right? yeah. of your weird videos you upload.
2: How many plants do you have now?
0: <laughs> I don't know, do you but you I love targets. Uh, yeah, throw it to the kids. Uh, that's just uh <laughs> just dumping it into it a It Here's you planet. have weeds growing through the uh floor of your house. That looks like one of those like taekwondo punching dummies. <laughs> that's
1: just just throwing cookies uh, at that. Okay. Uh, cool.
0: uh, Jordan. Hey, this has been so fun, man. Yeah. Where can,
2: uh, it's such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you, follow, you hear you? all that good stuff. Oh uh, well, yeah, I am uh, I am currently flogging pre-orders for a graphic novel that's coming out hey. uh, in July. Uh, it is called Bubble. I co-wrote it with uh, a great comedy writer Sarah Morgan. Uh, oh, a great yeah. comics artist Tony Cliff does the art. Natalie Reese does yeah. the colors. And uh, yeah, it's like a it's a sci-fi comedy uh, with a lot of gore and sex jokes. Uh, you know, it's a near future where people all live in these bubble cities, and they uh, have this kind of life and death gig economy that they need to participate in to survive. And uh, yeah, it's based oh, that sounds on. Sounds the- awful. How yeah. did you come up with that? <laughs> I, wh- I mean, I just fucking smoked a bunch of mushrooms, man. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what were you on, dude? When you came up with that? Whoa, Bub! we're in our own, oh,
1: fuck. That sounds really dope, though. Yeah. You see the graphic novel treatment of that dystopia that we live in.
2: Yeah, yeah. uh, It's actually based on a scripted podcast I did a couple of years ago, and uh, a lot of the stuff came true, so (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those kind of bubble-predicted-it kinds of things, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. But, you know, I'm a big comics guy, so it was just like a dream to get to do it, and if you know Tony the guy who did the art he does the Delilah Dirk series so you know all the like fighting and the environments are really cool yeah it's uh, it was a blast and it's uh, coming out 713 but uh it is available for pre-order and uh, i think we're going to have some cool goodies for people who pre-order uh, so nice. you can do that amazon barnes and noble maybe better yet call your local indie bookstore um, hey, hey. and I'm uh I'm doing signed pre-orders from Book Soup here in LA. So, uh, if you go on the Book Soup website and hit up their signed pre-orders section, uh, you can get it in there. Support a great local bookstore. Yeah, oh.
0: Book Soup is great.
2: And is there a tweet or any work of
0: social media you've been enjoying? There is.
2: Uh, this is a little bit of a local wreck, but I think I can um I think I can uh explain its appeal. Uh, you guys familiar with the La Brea Tar Pits? Oh yeah, Bray Tar Pits, uh, beloved LA institution. They have a great kind of scene outside. There's a, a tar pit, and they've they have these like kind of fiberglass um, kind of models of mammoths. And there's this scene where um, you know one of the mammoths is stuck in the tar, and it's reaching out to its family on the other side mm. of the pit. You oh know, so it's you know it's a mammoth stuck, and then there's a another grown mammoth and and a baby, and the baby yeah. is reaching out. To, I think, what we're supposed to, you know, kind of assume is its parent in the tar. Very grim, very like, very memorable. It just kind of like hits you as you're driving down Wilshire. Mm-hmm. And on this Sunday, the uh, LaBrea Tarpit's Twitter account put up that photo of the child reaching for the parent in the tar with the caption Happy Mother's Day. Oh my God, <laughs> really? fucking savage so funny Holy shit uh, oh, no. <laughs> people are mad in the comments check it out, oh, check out no. <laughs> if you're ever in la one of my favorite yeah. spots oh. uh yeah great twitter account
1: as a kid i would always go there and my mom would be like i, I would be like oh, are they gonna move and she's like yeah they're gonna move <laughs> and i'm <was laughs> always right waiting there. for the you motherfuckers to move. watch yeah, yeah man Shit's been Shit. playing children since the fucking 80s. Yeah.
0: <laughs> miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Twitter, Instagram, miles of gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Check that one out if you like 90 Day Fiance and the like. Um, a few tweets that I like. Ooh, let's see. Okay, first one is from at Eve6, because you know Max Collins from Eve6, is motherfucker bass as Yeah, fuck. that guy got he says, on Twitter, huh? Yeah, at Eve6 tweets. Communism is only a scary concept to people because the madness of capitalism has been hyper normalized to such an extent that they don't see the blood dripping. Hard in a blender, hard <laughs> in a Watch been around to a beautiful. <laughs> a <laughs> a <laughs> <baby> <laughs> capitalism has you fucked up. And let's see, going on. This is uh from Mary Kobayashi at Mary Coco, K-O-C-O. Uh, She tweets, that'd be funny if when the Beast gave Belle her library, she was like, oh, my God, I love my library and pronounced it like that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. (laughs) Pronouncing like that is great. And then finally, uh, at Sleepy Socialist tweeted, it's funny that businesses are begging for workers instead of just getting those robots we're told will so easily replace us if we raise the minimum wage.
0: Right. (laughs) Some tweets I've been enjoying. Tony Ventura tweeted, Back in my day, I could walk in a store with $25 USD and walk out with six porterhouse steaks, two chickens, a case of beer, five bottles of wine, two loaves of bread, and a gallon of milk. Can't do that today. Too many fucking cameras. And Amy O. tweeted a great exchange uh, with her grandma. She said, last night, my grandma told me she liked my new jacket, but today she changed her mind. And it's just a screen cap of a two messages from her grandma. Hey, Amy, I was lying in bed thinking about last night and how much fun I had. Then I thought about your new jacket. I did like it, but mom could be right that a longer length might be a better choice. Please don't be mad at me for changing my mind, but sometimes I don't make the best quick decisions and need to think a little longer. Love you so much. and wanted to share my best thoughts with you. Have a good week. I'll be praying for you. And then Ooh. second message, please let me know when you read the previous text and you're not upset with me. XOXO.
2: Wow. <laughs> I just love the, like,
0: she was up all night being like, fuck, I told her that jacket looked good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I need to come clean. <laughs> need to come clean.
0: Look, the jacket looks like shit. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy checking out and maybe even listening to. Uh, Miles, what's that going to be?
1: This track uh going to be a little bit of a Sade remix. This one's called it's a remix of
0: Paradise,
1: but the DJ Grant reggae chop. Uh, and I love, you know, Sade's voice is so timeless that you can, like, any good producer can just put her vocals on it, something new, and it just feels like a fucking hit all over again. Mm. This is no exception. Uh, this is So check out DJ Grant with the Paradise DJ Grant reggae chop remix, and that's going to be on SoundCloud, and that link will be there in the footnotes.
0: Bang, bang. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. and We will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.